All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast. I'm your host, the Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Uh, joining me tonight to talk week seven in the Sons of Fantasy Football League from Take Your Ball and Go Home, the first place Take Your Ball and Go Home, Shane Stein. Thanks for the correction, Matt. It's good to be here. Still hanging on to the, the top spot in the far division. Yep. Uh, I would expect that to stay for one more week. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, also joining us from the basement of the Elway division, the Seawolves, Phil Bruce. What an interesting comment, considering I am in my basement right now. So very <laughs> uh, what nice metaphor for the Seawolves season thus far. It's very astute of me. Um. Yeah, I I just feel bad for you. Kind of actually, I don't as mind m- as much you as you struggle. possibly could. Yeah, I don't mind seeing you struggle, but your team was not that bad. So now I, I look I look back at the, I looked at the draft again, and I'm I, I I still love all the guys and 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 where I got them. It just doesn't it just didn't work out. It was across the board below average play it, it was it, it was like worst case scenario for all my guys happened it, it, it but but that's that's fantasy i mean you paid up for what four guys and only one of them panned out so far right who was the guys? one that who was the one that panned out watson uh, yeah i mean i paid 11 dollars for watson which is paying up for in a quarterback standard in our league yeah let's take this time to pour one out for oj howard yeah I'm on somebody in my life alright well Well, hopefully you have a good trivia question to uh, make up for your lack of drafting abilities this year yeah so trivia for tonight we're through week 6 entering week 7 that puts us at roughly the halfway point of the fantasy football season. And I want to go back and, and see how much attention you guys have been paying thus far this year. So our trivia question for tonight is going to be two-part. It is going to be scoring so far, running back, and wide receivers. But we do have a portion of the league that – is thinking about selling, my, myself included, some teams that have already sold. So we want to add another flavor to it. We, we want to talk a little bit about who's produced so far and who's doing so at some really, really low salary points. So as we look for the rest of the year, as we look towards keepers for next season, who are some of these really good targets that we want to be thinking about? And, and we'll start on the running back side. We're going to look at so far through week six, running back one, running back two. So the top 24 scores at the running back position so far in our league with, with the, the standard scoring that we have, 15 of the top 24 running backs are under $35 keeper-wise. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it again. 15 of the top 24 running backs are under $35, 
as far as salary for for this year and and, and next year goes. Can you name those fifteen running backs? <laughs> and 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 get excited because we're gonna do this for wide receivers too. Oh God! All right. Well, I'm the guest, so I guess I get to go first. Technically, I'm not used to being on this end of the end of the thing. But thanks for jumping in here, and I think after this question, I'm gonna. Go ahead and make sure you do trivia. I'm gonna go ahead and make sure that I take the reins next week, but <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give it a go because I'm pretty sure that Aaron Jones is on this list and he's on my team, so I'll go with Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones to start. One dollar, he is RB five through week six. Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is RB eleven and six dollar value. So that'll change next year when you keep him again. But yep. He may not be on my team. He might not be on your team. I'm fielding offers for him right now. So, this is. I'm pretty sure Austin Eckler's under 35. He was $21 on draft day. Austin Eckler is the number four running back through week six. Oh man. Um, I can't remember what Eddie kept Dalvin Cook for, but I think it was 30, 38. 38. Um, all right, I'll just say I think on Johnson's top 24. on Johnson is number 23, $15, correct. Mm, pretty certain that Marlon Mack's going to be there. Marlon Mack is number 17, $15. Well, what was he running back? What? Uh, RB17. Um, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley, RB18 with a $29 price tag. Where it gets a little bit tougher. I mean, there's, oh, there's some names oh, out there um, you're going to get. Um, Connor. We just talk about uh, Yep, James Connor, RB13, as you point out every week. <laughs> Who did you just get, Cause? Todd Gurley. Gurley. Okay. Um, I think this guy was under $35. Uh, Phil Lindsay. Phil Lindsay was $18, correct. He is RB12, which makes him an RB1 through six weeks. Uh, I think I might have one or two more. Uh, I want to say Devontae Freeman's less than 35 No. No? I thought he was kept for less than that. No, no, no. Devontae Freeman is 56 Ah, uh, My bad. I'm out. Well, Kyle's already got a wrong answer before. That's all right. Who? Dalvin Cook. Ah, oh, shit. Oh. I, I just thought of one that was easy. There, there's a few easy ones left, and then, and then it gets pretty hard. Yes. Well, Nick Chubb yeah. is one. Nick, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good one. Nick Chubb, number three running back, $1. That's, that's pretty good value. I had another easy one. David Johnson. Yep. David Johnson, RB6, $14. Oh, it's nobody on. I don't remember what I drafted Mark Ingram for either. Um, I'll guess Mark Ingram. Thirty-eight. Okay, never mind. He's RB eight though. 
Let's see here. Pretty sure Jacobs went for like forty, so he's not. That's that's right. Mm. What if that person was acquired off the waiver wire? Well, we do have one player that that would be Mr. Jordan Howard. Yeah, I don't know what his waiver wire price was, but he did get drafted at two dollars. So I, I haven't put. I I think his waiver wire was north of thirty five, but. So yeah, for the that. sake of that. Oh, man. 42. He got acquired for 42. Okay. Yeah, there, there's a few names on here. One that you should absolutely get. Um, one that's like borderline right under the 35. I think mark. Sony Michelle has got to be top 24. He is number 24 for $2, Sony Michelle. So that gives us three, six, eleven. There's four more to go. Um, just trying to think about the teams in the league. It's not Ty's team, I don't think. Uh, I only have you needing three. I got one because I think he's on my team. Um, I think Breed is in the top twenty-four. Oh, there he is. After the big week, very nice. Breed, RB twenty-two. And after that, uh, I think I'm out. <laughs> All right, there's one easy one and one pretty hard one. <sighs> now that I think about it, we just talked about it, cause I'm not sure on his price, but I, has to, I'm, I can't think of anyone else. How about Lenny Fournette? Oh, very I, good. Leonard yeah. Fournette, $33. He is RB9. Now, there, th- this guy is going to be really tough to guess. I will give you both one guess and then just tell you. Mm. I feel... LaShawn <laughs> McCoy? No, not LaShawn McCoy. Oh, Royce Freeman. Nope. Really? Royce Freeman is 26. Oh. LaShawn McCoy is 25. <laughs> All around it. Yeah. I'm, I, I don't even, I'm, I don't even think, think he's, he's there, but uh, I'm feeling maybe the reason you asked the question, I don't know. <laughs> Miles Sanders? No, Miles Sanders is close. He is 28. Okay. So the final guy is Carlos Hyde. Oof. Oh yeah, RB twenty one, three dollars. Good, good job on that one. Wide receiver is uh, a little bit more challenging, I'll say. It's hard. To, it's just it's hard to remember yeah. in the prices. Wait. Yeah, so I'm changing the price for the wide receivers just to make it a little bit of an easier question. Twenty, same thing. Wide receiver, top twenty four. Priced under $25. How many of them are there? There are 12, so half of them are priced uh, under $25. Michael Thomas. <laughs> That's a good guess. Michael Thomas, wide receiver two, $18. Take the low-hanging fruit there. Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, 
Wide receiver, ten, one dollar. Uh, who else having a good year? Um, I'm going to go with DJ Chark. DJ Chark, correct. He is wide receiver five, and I he was somewhere in the single digits price wise. I yeah. think he's been Cortland Sutton. Ooh, good one. Cortland Sutton, wide receiver eleven. Two dollars. Mm. So McLaurin and Sutton, one dollar and two dollars. There, that, that's that's good value if you can find it for wide receiver one. Want to say, old man Fitzgerald. Old man Fitzgerald is correct. Wide receiver seventeen, seven dollars. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd is correct, $20. He is also wide receiver 20. Mm. <laughs> it's making me think just watching this game. I don't know what we just talked about him. I feel like he's still probably there after week one. <laughs> Sammy Watkins? Oh, good pull. Wide receiver 24 for $5, Sammy Watkins. That's bad. Um, twelve. That's so. That's I, seven that we have. I think he was under this Cooper Cup. No, nah, I Cup. paid a lot. You paid twenty four for Cooper Cup wide receiver three. Oh wow! I thought I paid more than that. <laughs> no, that's a good deal. Wow, that makes me rethink my keeper options. Jesus. Yeah, you got a lot of good keepers on your team. Oh man, how about um? Thinking back to week one again, how about Hollywood Brown? Uh, no, he is 27. This mm. <sighs> work gets hard. Ooh, I think I, I just thought of one. <laughs> um, There are five left. Um, Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. No way. No way. No, I don't even know where he is. He is 42. He's in Juju land. I think I have one. Um, I don't know. I might be done after that, but it has to be after the last – I don't even know what week it was. Uh, Fuller. Will Fuller, wide receiver 13 for $14. Number one wide receiver in that offense. Huh. Um, yeah, that's tough now. I don't know if I have anyone after that. There's one more you should get. The other two or the other three you could get, but th- there's one that's obvious. Obvious. Uh, I'll give you each one more guess and then just tell you what the other three are. Or the other, yeah, the other three. It's so tough trying to remember what they went for in the draft. 
Uh, <clears throat> I don't know what Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, yes. Wide receiver 12. He went for 23. Mm. Another wide receiver one at a good price. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I have anyone else. I'm trying to think. Calvin Ridley. Oh. Wide receiver nineteen went for twelve dollars. Really? Jesus. Very good. All right. The the other two are really tough. I'm trying to go through the teams right now. What about um, hmm. no, you paid more than that for him. How much did you pay for Woods cost? It's got more than twenty five. More more than that, and he I don't think he's inside the top twenty. No. He's he's not. He's not. He's a running back now, apparently. He's twenty five. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out of guesses. Yeah, I don't think I have anyone. There's only one more guy, I think. Uh, two more. Allen Robinson, wide receiver 22, $18. DJ Moore, wide receiver 23, $20. How, how much was uh, Robinson? 18. 18. Hmm. Without a quarterback. <laughs> He's having a good year. Yep. All right, since you uh, since you guys missed the podcast last week, I just wanted to give you the floor for a little bit to comment on uh, any trades that happened last week since you did not have the opportunity to uh, to do so. <laughs> did any <laughs> trades happen? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, a couple. Why, why don't we look at them one by one? Because tee up the first one. Well, we can talk about Malcolm Brown for um, Justice Hill. That that was the one with the least amount of controversy, I think. Yeah, this is just for me. I mean, this is basically just you two dicking around. Um, <laughs> I, I I know Eddie was upset. We heard how Eddie was upset about it just because of the timing of it. Um, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical that I, I don't know that this really has much weight. I actually think Phil might end up winning this one in the end. <laughs> uh, I'm not positive that Malcolm Brown is really good. Um, obviously, he fit a need last week for you. You wanted to slot him in there. Gurley was out. Figured Brown was going to have a decent game just on sheer, sheer volume. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sold that Malcolm Brown's like a great football player. <clears throat> so No, that, that offensive line has some issues. And, and that offense overall – just it's it's not what it was last year, and it's not the force where you just wanted a piece of it last year. There, there's a few. There's like you want you want the Cooper Cup, you want whoever's going to get most of the carries, and then it's it's not a whole lot. It's it's just not the powerhouse that it was last year. And I, I told you guys via text what happened right the, the week before. I had offered Justice Hill for Malcolm Brown, and then I was travel. I was in Dallas for work, and then I was in Salt Lake City for another meeting. So, Cause offered me the trade, and I'm like, all right, yeah, just pushing through what happened last week. I didn't even see that Todd Gurley was hurt. 
looking back on it, it was dumb, but worked out. I, I mean, he didn't have a, a big game anyway. And Justice Hill is somebody I had my eye on long term that that I think. I mean, Mark Ingram looks really, really good in that in that offense. But anytime you can get a rookie running back that they drafted as high as they did for a dollar, that looked as good as he did in preseason. Especially for a team that's in, in my position now, I, I, I think you want to you want to take that risk and, and go for the upside. Yeah, I mean, this could. I mean, it's going to be tough for you. It's like a wait and see. Obviously, your your team's in a tough predicament where it just didn't pan out for you. So you. Kind of just kind of take some take some chances and at some keeper value, and maybe he'll get finally get some burn in that backfield and and turns into a, a legitimate maybe maybe Ingram goes down something like that and we see what Hill has and he turns out being a really cheap keeper option for you. But I mean, as far as this year, I don't know that this trade has much impact. Yeah, I think Henderson will score more points for us to year than Malcolm Brown. But I yes. agree. Um, also, breaking news, Patrick Mahomes dislocated right kneecap. Oh, God. Wow. So, they were able to pop it back in on the field, but um, not good, obviously. Wow. So. That's huge. And then the other trade thoughts, I guess we can just talk about um, what were we going to say. Anything? Oh, all right. Um, obviously, Butler trades Hopkins to Eddie for 30 and DK Metcalf and Keenan Allen to Micah for 20 and Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll go first. Um, I guess it was just pretty disappointing. <laughs> To, to see the trades, I think um, I know we. I listened to the pod from last week, and probably two trades that both should have been vetoed. Um, looking back on it as a league, um, probably probably should have been at least considered a, a veto process thrown out there. What? Why do you say that? I mean, I just feel like those two caliber of players are worth a lot more than that. <laughs> Um, it's just gonna. It's just. I feel like it's set the market of of what the players are at such a low value. Like if you can go get DeAndre Hopkins for thirty dollars, like I mean he's and a Keenan Allen for twenty dollars. Like those are two of the top receivers in the football. Just, I don't know. I just feel like you could have gotten the full fifty dollars for one of those players, and you probably could go get sell another package, make another package with Allen and something else and get yourself a good keeper. Like he, he sold those players and didn't really get any keepers in return. So now, I mean, yeah, you got the $50, but you turned DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and maybe possibly Adam Thielen as your, your trade pieces and didn't get any keepers in return. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that, that's fair. I, I, I don't think – it's setting the market though, because I don't see there being a lot of sellers. And, and and what I mean by that is like over the next week and a half, if I'm in the middle of the pack, I'm, I'm buying. Like, I, I think there might be my team as, as sellers, maybe, maybe one or two others, but I don't think we're going to see the fire sale that we've seen in, in years past. If, if you've got a chance at it and you can get your team to the next level via 
one big trade, especially with the $50 coming into play. I think it's more likely that we're going to have a lot more buyers than we are sellers, but that that's just my take. This week's going to go a long way in deciding that, obviously. But, yeah, I, I obviously we haven't had anyone sell yet other than Butler, and I think you've hinted at it possibly happening for you, um, mainly because half your team's on by this week, and you're probably going to get to two and five. So, yep. Um, I just think it's disappointing that we didn't, we haven't, and I don't know if we will now get to see what the $50 really could have done. Um, also, on last week's podcast, I brought up uh, the potential of eliminating draft cash trading altogether, and I just wanted to also get your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, I think, I mean, we've talked about it a little bit outside of the pod, and I think eliminating the draft cash might – the draft cash trading hasn't really panned out as, I want to say, I don't know, exciting or kind of any of the ways that we intended it to to benefit the league. It hasn't really been – and we see the most most time when we people get upset in the league with trades, it's when players of high caliber are getting traded just for draft cash. And that's kind of what the tipping point is of the trades that people don't like. Um it's like, all right, because people are willing to give up $25 of fictitious money to acquire a top talent on their team. So like, And everyone sees that trade go through, and they're like, oh, I would have done that. Like, exactly. You know. So Because that's where it just pits – it just gives a player like that. Obviously, like, all right, Butler had three – has three high expensive players. Um, he's got to get his $50. I understand that. I get that. Um but it, it comes down to then when you don't really have to make give up any players, like it just allows that team. And we saw it with my team in the past last year, and whatever year it was when the with the Antonio Brown fiasco, like where you're basically just picking what team you want to give those players to. Yeah. Um, instead of being like fielding offers and getting a best offer for it, you're limited. So you're kind of just in a position where it's like, all right, well, I, I'm just going to choose what team I want to help out. <laughs> Um, and that's yeah. kind of what we want to avoid. Um, so I think if we get rid of the draft cash, make trades have to be player for player, and you actually are, are going to have to put some some thought process into, hey, do I want to give up this cheap keeper to acquire top talent like that? That's going to be where your where your bargaining is. Hey, do I want to give up an Alvin Kamara for you, cause to go out and get an upgrade where I get two two star players or something in return like that? I completely disagree. The draft cash keeps things on an even playing field for the rest of the league that's not making a team. Let me give you an example. Let's say Kaz wants to sell Kamara. Kamara is a really good keeper option. And I I go to Kaz and I say, I'll give you Deshaun Watson and James Conner, and you give me Kamara, and I throw in one or two other pieces, right? I, I throw in OBJ. So I, I trade three for one, and he throws in some cash. Like, that, that's, that, 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 that's a fair offer. Now, what if it's just Kamara, and I have to end up trading my whole team to, to, to get him, right? If you have a really good keeper, and you want to move him to improve your team on the whole, and you player for player, that cash element never comes into it. 
and then you end up with just a completely loaded team because you have that one really good keeper. Uh, it's just having the cash, like obviously the trades that people don't like in our league. And it's kind of the frustrating part I think is it's just when it's like, all right, I'll give you $20. You give me this player. So like you, <laughs> it, it, and when there's a limit on the amount that you can get and that you can spend, like there's no stopping anyone from underselling on players. Cause they know they, they have two or three guys they can get rid of that. It's like, all right, well, if Butler sold, just say DeAndre Hopkins for $20 and Allen for 20, like what's to stop, yeah, what's to stop him from yeah. saying, all right, well now I want to give Adam Thielen to someone for $10. Like you're not getting any, like the value of players is getting screwed up that way. Here's the other thing I want to throw into this. I'm not sure. And we haven't seen it obviously under the new format for this year, but having 25 extra dollars in the draft, has that honestly helped anybody? Like, I, I haven't seen teams that come in as Mr. Big Stacks come out with good, good records the following year. I mean, uh, just a quick thought. I mean, I think the only one that's really – I mean, I'm sure it helped other people, but Spears is the only one year two came in with the extra yeah. 25 and turned it into a, a juggernaut. Um, he had a really great team that year, the second year. Also – that was also before we really started, you know, paying for players. Like, our drafts are still a little soft that year. Yeah. No, I, I don't think it's a huge advantage to have an extra 25, an, an extra 50. And if yeah. you have some cheap keepers, you can go to the draft and get who you want. Right? Like, I had more money than everybody else. I went to the draft and got who I wanted. They just ended up not doing well. Like it, it, it is an advantage. It's not a huge advantage, but it, it makes losing out the following year or the, the previous year. It makes it a little bit easier I mean, to swallow. Realistically, it's it's a one it's a one player advantage. That's pretty much what it what it comes down to. Like if I give you give me, I give you twenty five dollars this year, Phil. Like so, you're twenty five up and I'm twenty five down. That's basically the. Top guys are going for like a, if they want to get me a wide receiver one, you're going to pay fifty bucks roughly. But what I think you're more. really under, what you're really underselling here, Phil, is um, my team right now. I feel like I'm a player away from being the best team in the league. All right, obviously, I would like to use my fifty dollars to make my team better right now. Um, if if I was not able to do that, um. I would have to probably trade Kamara in a two-for-one deal to get my team better. Correct. Um, and I would have to do that. So, and I would, and I would, like I, that's a price I would pay to win this year. So, um, I think we're underselling the fact that if there's no other option, teams will trade their cheap keepers to to give themselves a chance to win this year. But maybe that, that's. That could be a possibility. I mean, we just – we haven't seen a lot of guys trade cheap keepers. Normally, opening up a lot of trade discussions, they'll say this player or this player is completely off limits. Or in your case, Kamara is your best player. And you, you don't see a lot of contenders trade away their best players in a two-for-one. No, but I think what he's saying is if we got rid of the draft cash element, 
it's going to force everyone's hand a little bit more if they feel like, all right, right now I'm team three or team four in the league. And there's, there's a team that's ahead, a couple of teams that are ahead of me that I need to catch. I'm going to be more willing to say, Hey, I'll take OBJ and Connor for, for Kamar something like that, whatever it is. Like I'm, I'm going to be more willing to take that risk because I want to try to win this year where I'll get rid of my, my good keeper for two players. So I have that, that better roster. Yeah, no, it, it it could do that, but we don't. It's it's one of those things that we we don't we wouldn't know until we got into the thick of it, right? We thought going from twenty five to fifty would change some things, and it doesn't look like it has. Now, to your point earlier, when Thielen goes for ten dollars or whatever it was, and he only moves him for ten dollars and doesn't try and get a keeper. If a play, if a, if an owner is willing to just sell off pieces for next to nothing, I don't know what kind of system we can put in place that's going to stop that from happening. Like if I have feeling that I only have ten dollars left on my cap, hell yeah, I'm going out and saying I want at least a flyer keeper plus the ten dollars. I'm not going to just give them away for ten dollars. Like that. I mean, it, I don't know what kind of rules we can put in place to stop somebody from saying, I'm just going to undersell my players and be done with it. Not allowing them to sell their players. That's, that's what we, that's the only role we can put in place. All right. Well, if he says, all right, I'll, I'll sell feeling for I don't, a, a Brita. Like, okay. My, my, my point is if you're not out in the market looking to maximize the value for that player, whether that's draft cash or keeper options, either or, there's nothing we can do that's going to stop that from happening. I don't know. I, I don't think – I think you would get ridiculed pretty badly if you traded a player like Thielen straight up for a player like Brita and ended up not keeping Brita the following year, but – yeah. You think, do you think that people. owner would care about that? No, probably not. Yeah. I don't know. Well, good discussion. More more to chew on. The other thing I, I said was, you know, if we go that route of not trading draft cash, maybe we increase the three keepers. Um, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. So... Let me let me ask you this: If we increase it to three keepers, would it be like a year in advance, or would it be like, hey, at the end of the season, let's talk about doing it for this year? We'd have to obviously announce it before the draft. Well, 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 yeah, but I, I didn't know if we would have to give everybody another like a year's notice to do it, sort of like what we were trying to do with the superflex. Yeah, like I don't I don't know that we would be able to institute the three keepers for the twenty twenty season. No, definitely not. It would have to be for the 2021 season. Yes, that that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. so that, yeah, that's what I was asking. Give teams you have a year ahead of that draft to plan for keepers for the following year. Yeah, you have to give everyone a draft and a deadline to prepare for a rule change, basically. Yeah, like that. So, I, I'm continuing to welcome thoughts from the league. Um, I didn't hear from a lot of people last week about what their thoughts were on potential changes. Um, but we'll see. Uh, all right, let's get into week seven matchups because we've talked quite a bit so far without 
ever talking about anything that's actually happening this week. <laughs> um, we'll start off with the Hammer versus Abusement Park. We're just going to go ahead and slot the Hammer into the first slot every time in the weekly matchups, um, and at least until the Seawolves have a worse team than them. But anyway, can Butler and should Butler start both Buffalo running backs this week, Devin Singletary and Frank Gore? Sure should. Pun intended there. He's playing sure. Um, yes, he should. <laughs> Miami is absolutely terrible. we all seen it. Um, I'm trying to find a way to get Singletary into my lineup against you in our other league cause. Um, <laughs> I wish I could. I don't know where it's going to be. My running backs are pretty good there. Um, but would love to have him in the lineup. I mean, Miami is just pathetic. And Buffalo is, what, 17-point favorite, something like that? Uh, yeah, I think so, which is unheard of. Yeah, I mean, a Buffalo team with not even not even a great offense, 17-point favorites, that's ridiculous. Um, I, I think they both, they both are double-digit plays this week. There's been a lot of those double-digit point spreads in the NFL this year. That's because there's a lot of really bad football teams. I know. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely think it's worth a play. Singletary, I don't, I don't know what his workload's going to be, but it's a 17-point favorite. You want to get every piece of that offense that you can. I, I like playing both. I agree. Uh, all right, for Abuse Park, Daniel Jones, over under QB1 finish this week. Meaning top twelve. I thought you meant one overall. <laughs> <laughs> no. I was like, Jesus, this is <laughs> you can't really be over. <laughs> oh man, uh, under Arizona's terrible. Um, yeah, he'll be. So you mean he'll be better than QB? He'll be QB zero. He'll be QB. <laughs> I would consider that. I would consider that over. All right, he'll be QB twelve or under, like better. better than that. Yeah, is Barkley back this week? Supposed to be, yeah. I I don't even know if it matters, but I I think he's a QB one this week. I, I I like him. That as Shane mentioned, that that Arizona style that they play on offense and their defense is below average. He's definitely a good play. Yeah, I like, I like Daniel Jones this week as a as a play. He's got to be a, a DFS consideration as well. Everybody's uh, opening Fanduel right now. Yeah. <laughs> Who who wins this matchup? I'm gonna take the park. Man, I am. This is. I'm just gonna go off the wall. And I I'm, I'm gonna take the hammer. Give me the give me the guy that has four RB ones on his team. I'll I'll take sure. I I, I don't know why. I'm just taking the hammer. <laughs> he's got some really. He's got the best matchups he could possibly looking, have for how I'm bad. I'm looking at this team. It's actually not that bad. Like, like golf at Atlanta. I, I see that. Yeah. Holman against the Redskins. The Buffalo guys we talked about. I mean, you just said his team's not that bad, Phil. I'm I'm looking at the lineup for this week. I'm like, it's not that bad. It's a bad, it's team. A bad team, but he has <laughs> super <Yeah>. matchups <laughs> everywhere for every guy. All right, let's go to the St. Louis Patriots against the Steel Curtain. I know two weeks ago I was told to never ask a question like this again, but is Jamal Williams the back to own in Green Bay? (laughs) (laughs) 
no, not yet. He's not. Um, but he is a viable start in this league. It just uh, diminishes Aaron Jones' value a little bit, which hurts. But um, we saw that Williams is definitely going to be a viable play in that offense. They're going to use both of them. Um, but I think Jones is still the guy you want. Yeah, you, you still want Jones. I know he made a few mistakes in the game last week, but Williams definitely has a role, and he's certainly worth playing in, in an RB2 slot, maybe, maybe flex slot. But I, I, I still think it's Jones, just based on what he's been able to do. So Williams out-touched him last week. Um, I think it was like 18 to 15. And I, Jones did put a ball on the turf, right? Correct. That's correct. Okay. And he dropped a wide-open touchdown. Um, who did? Jones or Jones? Jones. Jones. Jones oh, it was a bad one. 40-yarder, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think Williams is the back to own. And I'm backing up what I said when I got yelled at for asking this question a couple weeks ago. That was when he put 40 up, right? It was before that week, yes, but <laughs> Jamal Williams had gotten the first look in the Eagles game. Like, this was starting to trend this way before he got his head smacked in um, against the Eagles. So, I, I think Williams has more points than Jones the rest of the season. Wow. Stone cold luck. So, I think. I didn't say I guarantee. Um all right, let's go to Steel Curve. We've been waiting on the DeAndre Hopkins monster game since week one. Is this the week that Hopkins goes a little crazy against Indy? <clears throat> I have to be the only guy ever to play this dude back-to-back weeks, too, because I played Butler in week five, and then he gets traded to Eddie in week six. I mean, he, he put up 28 points week one against the Saints. That's what I said. We've been waiting on it since the week one game. Yeah. So. Yeah. I watched a, a bunch of them last week, and I know you made a comment to me, Cause. Um, I actually talked to Butler about it a little bit the other night. Um, he doesn't seem like he's running very deep routes this year. No. Um, watching that game, I don't know if it was – just that game last week. I mean, I haven't watched a whole lot of them other than the beginning of the no, year. His average, his average depth of target is a yard less than Will Fuller this year, and it used to be a yard more than Will Fuller. Yeah. Mm. Um. So it doesn't seem like he's he's getting many of the real downfield <clears throat> targets as much this year as he as he has in the years past. Um. And I don't know that I have any stats to back this up, but I feel like he torches Indianapolis. I don't know. So I think this is going to be a good week for Hopkins. Um, I know that's easy to say. He generally has a good week every week, but I think he he hasn't scored a touchdown in since week one. I would say that that comes back to the norm here, and he gets gets one this week. I I, I think this week against the Colts is going to be a Will Fuller game, and it's it, it's a multi TV game for Will Fuller. I don't think it's this week that it happens. I kind of like he's got a matchup. He's got Oakland next week at home. I think that's that's where he gets it done. That's that's his coming out party. 
Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Watch, I, I said the same thing, Shane, about watching these, and I think it might be um, the Texans are finally getting smart about the fact that their offensive line is still terrible, and they need to get the ball out quickly. So yes. So yeah, so Watson doesn't get killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. And ironically, they've had some success and won some football games since. Uh, they started doing that, so I think he, I think he scored this week though too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say he scores this week. Um, who do you guys have winning this one? Patriots versus Curtin. Pretty good one here. Yep. Uh man. Julio is uh, Jalen Ramsey going to play? I guess that's a big question for the. Uh, Julio, yeah, Matt Ryan he's combo. Back. His back's injured. Um, that that significantly affects the Julio production, I would say. Um, yeah. If if he doesn't play, my goodness, this could be a huge game for him. But I think I'm going to go with. Uh, give me the Pats. I like the Pats. I don't know why. I like the Patriots too this week. I think they have better matchups. Give me the curtain. I, I I just like this team. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Dalvin Cook, Lamar Jackson. I I think they have a big week. All right, Desert Dogs versus Weevils. We'll start off with the Desert Dogs. Who do you like at QB this week for the two-time defending champ, Josh Allen or Carson Wentz? Man, tough not to play Allen, especially after you paid up for him on the wire. Um, in that juicy matchup with Miami, like we said. Um, but I, I love both matchups. I think Wentz has a great game against Dallas as well. Um, I think I'd start Allen, though. I feel like there's just no there's just no script, I think, that like that Allen doesn't score at, like, 20 points. <laughs> I just feel like he has to get there. Yeah, he's he's the low floor play of the week. I, I I think just because of how cake that matchup is, he's gonna fall into at least two touchdowns, either rushing or or, or throwing. I I I agree with Shane. He's got a twenty point minimum outing against the Dolphins, where they're a seventeen point favorite. I guess I need to explain myself why I uh, why I went ten dollars for Josh Allen in the waiver wire, too, since Shane made that comment. Um, so of his next five games, <clears throat> he plays Miami twice and the Eagles in three of the next five, and the other two matchups aren't bad as well. Um, and full disclosure, I was trying to work on a deal. Paul uh, was interested in the quarterback, so I was trying to work on trading Wentz to him. So I didn't want him to go out and get Josh Allen or Daniel Jones on the waiver wire and feel good about his team. So <laughs> I uh, went out there and spent some money to make sure I got at least one of those two guys. That's why this guy's winning championships every year. Insight, <laughs> insight into a mastermind. That's why he wins thirty straight, folks. Right? Kind of feel like a, <laughs> take notes. Kind of feel like a, a borderline like serial killer when I say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, all right, 
and then we'll go to the Weevils. Um, uh, he's starting Zeke and Jordan Howard. They play each other Sunday night. So I'm going to give you guys a little Vegas line. Zeke minus nine and a half versus Jordan Howard. Give me Howard and the points. Give me Zeke. It, it, it feels like it, it's going to be more of a Miles Sanders script. I, I don't know why. I have nothing to bank that up. It's just a, a gut feeling that I think Sanders outscores Howard. I think it's a 20-point game from Zeke. I think Zeke destroys the Eagles more often than not, so I'll take Zeke as well. And then who do you guys have winning uh, this matchup? I'll take the dogs. No reason not to. Got you projected for an absolute deadlock tie right now. Yep. Um, Bull took me to the woodshed last week. And I think I'm going to go with Bull. Give me Bull. I think McLaurin goes off. Sutton's already got 10.7 through the first half. I mean, this wide receiving core is just two wide receiver ones rolling out week after week. Dogs go down hard. You got McLaurin tearing up the Niners? Hell yeah. (laughs) They're going to be playing from behind, son. All right. I want to see Case Keenum get some passes off against that defensive line, but um, good to know. Good to know two-thirds of the pod is against me. Back where we back where we need to be. No reason <laughs> not to. All right, Wolves versus T Bag, bottom feeder game of the week. Um, I know he's not droppable in our league, but if you were in a standard redraft league, would you drop Joe Mixon? Ugh. I don't know that I would drop him, but it's getting tough to to believe in him, right? It's getting tough to to believe in this guy and, and slot him into your RB RB one RB two slot every week. Um, He's terrible. Just Cincinnati offense, just not very good. Um, they're always playing from behind. Game script doesn't really go in his favor. Um, I, I I don't know. I wouldn't drop him, but. I would consider not playing him. I guess <laughs> I would look for a better option. Obviously, you got to play him this week. I mean, your team's on bye. But so let, let, let's think about this: at the trade deadline, you're trying to get assets that are going to win you a championship. Do you guys both agree with that statement? Yes. Championship week. <laughs> yeah. Joe Mixon plays the Miami Dolphins. That is correct. If you are not on the phone with me trying to get Joe Mixon, you're insane. He is going to put up 30 in that game. I'm taking all offers. <laughs> I'm not sure you can get to week 16 if Joe Mixon's on your team. That's the only problem okay. I have with him. Right He's now. got the Patriots in week 15. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Better have Brown- a backup plan. You got the Jets, the Browns, right? You, I'm, I'm not talking as an RB1 or an RB2, but you get him. It's, he's a bench stash, and then you play him in the playoffs. This guy is selling hard. 
Like what, what? What? What am I missing? Am I? Am I crazy? Or are the Jets, Browns, I, and Dolphins suddenly good? I don't good? think the Jets. Are, I don't think the Jets are a good matchup for a running back. Um, but and and I'm not sure the Browns are either. Cincinnati defense is so bad; they're playing from behind every game. That's the only problem. Miami's the only team that they can just sit there and say, "Yeah, in the second half, we're going to be just pounding the ball down their throats." And every other team, they're going to be. Potentially coming from behind. All right, I should just drop him. <laughs> I I didn't think he. I said he wasn't droppable in our league, but um, good. See what happens. Uh, Matt Breida over under ten points this week. Pretty good matchup against Washington. Yeah, give me the slightly over. He's done uh, pretty well against the the bad defenses they've played. <coughs> oh, he he is gonna he's gonna go off. He'll be in RB one by the time this game's over. I'm gonna take the under since Phil said that. <laughs> <laughs> you should immediately get him out of your lineup, Shane. Yeah, I mean that was the decision uh, I think I had this week. It was either Manny Sanders or or him. He's kind of my my swing guy of who I'm considering playing week to week. Well, I would put Breed on your bench and maybe trade for Mixon or something then, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, who who wins this game? I'll take the go homers. I'm not sure Phil can field a roster this week. I mean, if Breed I can't, the- yeah. If I can't beat this team, then I, I don't deserve to be in the the playoff discussion in our league. I mean, if I can't if I can't win this week, then yeah, I gotta take myself. Yeah, I I also have to take getting tea bag this week. It's it's not looking good for my squad. All right, ice cream versus clan. Can Brandon Cooks snap out of it this week in what should be a good matchup against the Falcons for Team Ice Cream? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Yes. Yes, he can, but will he? Yeah, he he certainly can. The Falcons are... Just disgustingly bad. Um, this game has to be a shootout. I, I, there's no way this game's not a shootout. I, 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 I just can't see it. With that being said, it'll probably be like 17-13. Um, yeah, pencil me in for Cooks with two scores this week. Oh, my God. Oh, well. Yeah, if it's not this week, it, it, it's not going to happen. You just wonder if this is going to be a Cup-Woods game versus a, a, a Cooks one. But that being said, I, I, I think he gets it done this week. I'm not going to say two scores, but I think he's north of 15 points. Um, I don't know. I've, I've literally almost never seen someone play quarterback as badly as Derek Goff has. The last couple of weeks, except for maybe James Winston. Um, I mean, Atlanta's the get healthy team this year, though, right? I mean, yeah, sure. Yeah. They, they, 
they don't do anything particularly well. The problem is the running game needs to get healthy. Woods needs to get healthy. Cooks like there's a lot of people that need to get healthy. Um, I'm gonna say he doesn't snap out of it, and I have I have a lot of concerns about how this game actually goes for the Rams. The Rams are only minus three, right? That's I think that was the last thing I, I saw. Which is baffling with how bad Atlanta's been. Like something. Well, it's at Atlanta, one o'clock game. Yeah. Uh, let's stay in the same game. Talk about the clan. If Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, the newly acquired cornerback for the Rams, is following Julio, how big of a week does Calvin Ridley have? <laughs> uh, or will he just throw to Hooper in the whole game? Because that's what he likes to do, apparently. Tight end one, Austin Hooper. Who saw that coming? Yeah, I didn't see it. Um, <clears throat> wow. See, Ridley still, I mean, for me, I, I liked Ridley coming out of college. I, I'd i like to see just more targets. I mean, I just feel like he doesn't get enough catches from him. He's, he gets he's a, lot of, a lot of touchdowns, obviously, the past couple of years. He's a great red zone threat. Um, just like to see him catch, start catching six, seven balls a game instead of like the four, five range. But this week, juicy matchup, especially if if Ramsey's not playing and not even covering him. So Rams defense has some holes. Um, expect Ridley to be be a wide receiver top top twelve. This feels like a big Hooper Sanu game to me. If if Ramsey Ugh. plays and shadows Julio, I, I I think Ridley has a good game, but those two are the guys you want to own. I feel like, yeah, I I, I agree, Shane. I feel like Ridley is really good, but you just feel like you see these receivers like Cortland Sutton's getting so many targets in in uh, Denver, and you see like DJ Chark getting the opportunity. Just kind of curious to see if they could pepper Ridley a little more of what he would actually look like. Um, I'm going to say Ridley scores twice this week. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Who wins this game? Both teams at a severe disadvantage. Uh, Team Ice Cream with no Christian McCaffrey. Potentially no Amari Cooper and the clan with, uh, I think, Tyreek Hill getting goose-egged and Pat Mahomes uh, rolled out for the game with the knee injury. Yeah, so, like, how is Spears – I'm looking at Spears' team right now. How is he winning so much? I mean – He's lost the last two weeks. Christian McCaffrey obviously is, helps. <laughs> Uh, Fournette's an RB1. Amari Cooper is the fourth yeah. best wide receiver in football. I, mean, so I guess it's a player. Dak yeah. really good for three weeks. I, mean, I guess you, you take McCaffrey out of that lineup, and it's just like, I mean, it's just okay. He is leading the entire league in scoring. Shane, yes. So that also helps. Yeah. yeah. Um, he also is only allowed 604 points. Um third worst in the league, so. Yeah. Um, but I guess, I mean, with the Mahomes injury, I mean, obviously, foresight or just being able to see that in, in live action here, 
I'll go with I'll go with Spears. Yeah, give me Spears. Obviously, I would have went with Fegley if we didn't know the injury. If if Tyree Kill wasn't getting goose egged, I could live with the Mahomes nine point two. He just got a catch for six yards. All right, well then I'll take the claim. <laughs> it's gonna be that close. Huh? Uh, yep. So yep. So now that we're halfway through the, the the regular season, do we have a season long standing on who's been right or or wrong the most for these matchups? No, no, I don't. I don't write them down anymore. Got it. No. Uh, all right, game of the week: franchise versus Mad Dogs. Just total entertainment value, Phil. There's actually no follow up. There's no legitimacy to this whole <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Gives us something to do. Game of the week: uh, the brothers going against each other. Both teams come in four and two. One will leave five and three, or five and two. Sorry, uh, the other will leave four and three. My question for Ty's team and the Fleetwood franchise: How many touchdowns? Will Tyler get out of the Giants versus Cardinals game? He has Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Larry Fitzgerald, and Evan Ingram on his team. Can can you repeat that real quick? How many touchdowns will he get out of what? How many How many touchdowns will Tyler get out of the Giants versus Cardinals game? In which he owns Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald, Saquon Barkley, and Evan Engram. I'm gonna go with seven. Oh damn it, that was my number. I'll also go with seven. I'm gonna say nine. Oh my god. <laughs> Gotta um, figure I think Murray gets four, Barkley gets two, Fitz gets two of Murray's four. And Ingram scores as well. All right. Game stack that in FanDuel. <laughs> juicy, juicy game for him. Yeah, absolutely. Great, not, great. Uh, not bad, not bad timing there to, to run into this one where you got just Barkley coming back against Arizona. Next question, will Damian Williams be droppable soon of the Chiefs backfield? Yes. He stinks. He stinks. He's not very good. Um, especially if Mahomes is out for an extended period of time here. Damian Williams isn't very good. Probably looking at getting rid of that guy. I don't know if he's droppable, right? I'm not there yet. Uh, that's the thing. I guess it's hard. In our league, like, Eddie Eddie was talking to me about potentially maybe dropping Peyton Barber. And I said, yeah, you could probably drop him. But it, you also know that he'd be picked up within an hour of you dropping him. Like, you know, that's that's the hard part about some of these guys. And that's kind of what I was up against with Balazs. I didn't really feel like Balazs was droppable when I dropped him at the start of the year. That is since obviously changed. He's awful at football. Um, but you have to honestly look like, am I ever going to feel comfortable playing this guy again? And if the answer is no, 
then you have to drop him. I don't know how you – why would you ever play Damian Williams at this point in the season? No, but I mean, it, it, it's more of a wait and see for me. Like, he, he's somebody that would just sit on my bench and I'd wait for either an injury or a big game from him to, to roll him out for the next week. Like, that, that offense is too good. Once it comes back, once Mahomes comes back, like, I, I, I feel like that – it's not going to be McCoy the whole year, I, I don't think. For the rest of the season, I don't think it's going to be McCoy. Why not – He's as good of a bench stash as anybody is or as any handcuff is, and he has some standalone value. I can't get there with him. He's getting out-snapped by Daryl Williams, too, now. So, it's not good. Yeah, I think at this point, McCoy is the only guy you want in that backfield at this at this moment. Yeah. Who wins the, the matchup of the brothers? I'll take Ty, the older sibling. Um, obviously, I feel like I'm kind of forced to take him because I just predicted he would get nine touchdowns from four players. So, Yeah, Ty's kind of just been walking on water so far this year. Um, no one really scored. I think someone scored big against was it last week, but other than that, no one's really been able to score against him. He's got the, the Spears juju working and the Desert Dogs from last year juju working. Um, but the matchups are just great, and he's healthy. It looks like getting healthy now with Barkley back. Um, franchise big. Yeah, I'll take the franchise big only because of what we've seen so far tonight. Lindsay hasn't lit it up. Damian Williams is doing Damian Williams things. And Kelsey's having an okay game so far. And getting every possible angle of that Giants-Cardinals matchup, like that, that's, that's too sweet to, to pass up. Give me the franchise. I also feel like, again, it's right now I mentioned this before, it's really hard when you only play one wide receiver when we allow you to play two. Yeah, you, so yeah. if you're not going to start a wide receiver, <laughs> you're going to have trouble winning. Yeah. Who's, who do you think it's going to be? Crowder? Um, <laughs> I know what Shane's going to say. It's so bad. Uh, I'll take Crowder, but I feel like Shane's going to say Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This, Slayton's the play, dude. Slayton is the play. Oh, well, we sure. said Daniel Jones is going to be QB1. Like, who's he going to throw the touchdowns to? Golden Tate. <laughs> yeah. Evan Ingram, Saquon. He's got to throw the ball to somebody. Doesn't have to be that guy. I know that. Hasn't been a good Slayton in the league since Steve. <laughs> oh my God. All the same. All right. Anything else for week seven? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm look, taking a closer look at the standings here, and it looks like we have an awesome race going for the season long scoring. We have three teams within 2.8 points of each other. <laughs> Uh, the yep. ice cream shitters at top right now, seven oh eight point four. Uh, the mixed mad dog seven oh six point nine, and then the desert dog seven oh five point six. So we got a three 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 way race at the moment. Steel curtain not far behind six ninety five. So I mean we got a real good race there at the top for a uh, season long points. Still anybody's race last season to play, but it's pretty cool. 
team ice cream with the 161 in the clubhouse for the high one-week score. Yeah. But, yeah, that's definitely tight um, for the overall points. And even outside the the top three of us, like you may have said, Eddie, and uh, even you're within striking distance there. Yeah. Yep. So, what do you got? Anything? No, I mean the the Sea Wolves have their bags packed. They are waiting at the bus stop on the last bus out of town. Going to be fielding all offers, uh, trying to get a keeper that, that that I can work with for next year, plus maximize the the fifty dollars in cash. And, and I think the the move to add Antonio Brown on the waiver wire for a dollar sent that message clearly to the league, so we'll see. Yeah, Phil's in his postseason mode already. It's week seven. Uh, I can't wait. It's awful. <laughs> it's awful. Oh, man. Just so you know, you can't keep any players after week 13 that you pick up, Phil. Yeah, yep, that's why he's doing it now. <laughs> Get them all now. Just happy I play you next week. Oh, my It's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my guys are gonna take take a full advantage of rubbing one in the Seawolves face. That was supposed to be like the the game where maybe we're both on the borderline of buying or selling and you know, we're both maybe sitting there at like four and three or three and four and thinking about what's gonna happen after we play week eight and you ruined it. You, you did not allow that that schedule maker's dream to come true. So, yeah. Kudos to the schedule maker. I just couldn't play my part. <laughs> we, uh, we may still be the game of the week next week. Don't worry. But I'm like, I don't, I'm looking at this. O- OBJ, who was going to say he's wide receiver 20? Like, these guys, like, I legitimately thought OBJ had a shot at being the overall wide receiver one this season. What did Pro Football Focus tell you? That's what they said. Oh. They said he had that upside. It, like, I bet on all these guys that I thought their floor had already happened, like OBJ with Peyton Manning, or I mean, Eli Manning. Like, Eli Manning's terrible. It can only increase. Nope. I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my analytics failed me. Sorry. You get a good, you get a shot next year. Yep, it's, you'll be Mister Bigger Stacks next year. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, as soon as I make the trade, I can be referred to as Mister Big Stacks from here on out. Most likely. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to catch the rest of this uh, Matt Moore Joe Flacco matchup. Hope you guys uh, enjoy that one. Thank you for listening to our week seven podcast and we are about i guess less than two weeks away from the trade deadline at this point now so just continuing to look forward to seeing what moves will be made who's going to be jockeying for the top spot in the league um, as, as we get into the final divisional matchups in weeks nine through 13 so oh sorry one more thing if I can, guys. Uh, I don't know if we still have Shane or not. I'm here. Okay. All right. 
So the 17 week regular season is in the CBA rule proposal. So one other thing I'd like to throw out there for you guys, um, if that were to happen, we would then have the unique ability to go with three, four team divisions um, that would allow us to have our playoffs in weeks 16, 15, 16, and 17, because week 18 mood obviously still reserved because of the fact that most teams may have a clinch. Um, and if we go to three, four team divisions, we would then finally be able to have it set that play everybody. Um, we'd be able to play everybody. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, I think that's something that if that happens, that's like a no-brainer. Yeah, I think that would be that would be a good decision. Um, we we uh, there's Tyreek Hill for a big touchdown. Yep, so there you clan, go. Um, clan pour, pouring it on here. <laughs> no, um, no, I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, if that does happen, I think it's a no-brainer that we 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 pull the plug on the on the two, and we go to three four team. And uh, give everyone a chance to play everyone throughout the course of the year. Completely agree. That that would be awesome. I would love that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll end on that note then. We'll hope for the the CBA, even though I think it's garbage for the players um, to have to play another game. Um, Maybe they'll take some some preseason games away because that's just worthless at this point. But thanks for listening again. We will talk to you guys next week when we look at week eight in the Sunday Fantasy Football League. Thanks.